Hey, thanks for downloading the podcast. And remember, if you want to listen live, download the iHeartRadio app, download the TuneIn app, and just search for Fantasy Sports Radio Network, and you can listen to this program live. Also, if you want to watch the video of this podcast, check us out on YouTube, on Twitch, or on Periscope, and type in, you guessed it, Fantasy Sports Network. You'll find us there. Enjoy the show, and thanks for listening. You're listening to the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Ladies and gentlemen, you are now listening to the Fantasy Baseball Hour with Al Melchior. Happy Tuesday, everybody. This is the Fantasy Baseball Hour. I'm your host, Al Melchior. And uh, yeah, it is Tuesday. That's right. So I'm not going to be alone. Always on Tuesday, or almost always on Tuesday, Matt Modica is here. And uh, he will be with us very, very shortly. So looking forward to the latest installment of Tuesdays with Modica. So uh, thank you again for tuning in. We've got a good show for you today. We've got uh, a Brian McCann update uh, that I just saw. Pretty much just as the music was playing there. Uh, we've got a whole bunch of uh, injury updates, actually. We've got uh, trade rumors. Pretty much just seemed like as soon as the calendar hit July, that all of a sudden all these trade rumors just came out of the out of the woodwork. So I think that's probably going to be uh, taking on a bigger and bigger portion of the show as the month goes on, uh, for sure. So uh, that'll be a part of today's show. And uh, when Matt joins us uh, a little bit later on, we're going to take a look at tonight's slate. Now, normally uh, we reserve Wednesdays for uh, putting a focus on, uh, well, on DFS. This isn't really going to be a DFS-oriented show or DFS-oriented segment. Uh, But there is no show tomorrow. There is no Fantasy Baseball Hour tomorrow because of the 4th of July holiday. So let me wish you right now a great, great holiday and hope that you have a a fantastic time. And um, so, again, no show tomorrow. But so partly just, you know, as I guess sort of a way to make up for the the loss of that – focus on uh, on daily matchups, but also just because, you know, probably the, the more genuine answer is that I just think there's a bunch of really interesting matchups tonight, pitching matchups. So uh, since uh, Matt, uh, great all-around fantasy baseball analyst, but uh, certainly starting pitching is a special forte for Matt Modica. So I figured what better time, what better reason, what better excuse to go through a bunch of pitching matchups. And basically we're going to force ourselves uh, and the the make believe league of our minds <laughs> to to start one pitcher out of uh, a series of several matchups and see how much we agree and how much we disagree. I'm almost sure we're going to have at least a couple disagreements. So we'll see how that goes uh, with Matt. And uh, as always, we'll take a look back at uh, the previous day's performances. Um, Dodgers probably too many to mention there, but we'll certainly talk a bit about Matt Kemp because he had a a huge game uh, in that uh, seventeen to one laugher uh, last night against the Pirates. Look at the other side of that too. What happened there, Nick Kingham? Uh, so we'll look at the the good and the bad uh, from the Monday slate. So uh, anyway, uh, just gonna check in and see because I think Matt should be with us about now. What's up, Al? And, uh, there he is. <laughs> welcome, uh, welcome to your show, Matt. Modica. Uh, happy Tuesday to all. Happy Tuesday to all, yeah. And uh, like I said, happy early fourth, which you know most normal people just call the third. Uh, <laughs> let's get uh, get on with it. Uh, some some injury updates here. Chris Bryant may be activated uh, as soon as tomorrow, but uh, could also just be Friday because the uh, Cubs do have a day off uh, on Thursday. So that uptake coming to us from 670, the score. Christian Yelich out of the uh, Brewers lineup today, uh, as is uh, Lorenzo Cain. So a little bit of a different look there for the Brewers. But I think it was on yesterday's show, Matt, that I talked about how that if if Yelich missed like another two days, Mm -hmm. that the likelihood is he's going to go on the DL. So uh, is that the assumption that you're going to make? Yes, I had to, you know, make some calls with uh, Yelich. I have him on a couple of teams. Uh, for the majority of them, I did bench him. I think I left him in like one lineup 
just because I really didn't have a better option or a really good option if I did. So I left him in in that one. But the other ones, in the leagues I play, it's usually, you know, Monday through Thursday, and I can switch them out on Friday. Yeah. So I wasn't taking that chance. Yeah, no, and I, I'm glad uh, even in my Monday through Sunday leagues, I didn't take the chance with Chris Bryant this week. I wasn't totally sure that was going to be the right move. But, uh, you know, yeah, you know, it's, I, I like that format where you can change it up uh, to line up on, on Friday. Yeah, I don't see how all these sites don't, ha- don't do that anymore. Uh, uh, for, for, for the hitting side, and, you know, you have to commit to the pitcher for the week, which I think is fine. But for the hitting side, I don't see why, you know, an ESPN or Yahoo that does weekly doesn't break it up like that. And why they still use the first pitch of the first game of that week seems kind of archaic to me. It is, and I, I, I'm not. I don't think I'm in any leagues that don't have a at least a rolling lineup block. So, mm-hmm. I think that's becoming increasingly uncommon to have it completely locked up at first pitch. And yeah, I just the the twice a week lineup change. I think it's for me the happy medium between the sort of the the complete insanity of of daily baseball, <laughs> daily yeah. lineups, uh, and you know kind of the inflexibility of of weekly. So. Kind of in the middle. And, you know, don't get me wrong, man. I, mean, I, I like my daily leagues. I'm just glad that they're not all daily. Yeah, no, I mean, I I, would... I get it. You know, in a, in a daily transaction league, it's the purest form. But it does get kind of tough. If you're not in the fantasy industry or other stuff, or you have a real job, you know, uh, a job on, say, Wall Street or something like that, it's kind of tough to be making roster moves between 9 and, you know, uh, 4 o'clock. Yeah, no, absolutely. I would have no other life uh, <laughs> if uh, all ten of my leagues were, were daily lineup leagues. That would that would not be working. Uh, by the way, Lorenzo Cain, I did mention uh, he's not in the lineup. No surprise there because he's on the DL, but he could be activated in theory tomorrow. Uh, but we have an update here that he will not be ready to be activated tomorrow. So that Brewers lineup, by the way, you've got uh, an outfield of Thames in right, Broxton in center, and Braun in left. Um, so I've uh, got a few other lineups in, but probably won't get to those until uh, much later on the show. Uh, but getting back to the uh, injury updates. Uh, so Brian McCann went on the DL, I think it was earlier today, may have been late yesterday, I don't really recall, but he had uh, a sore right knee. And uh, more recently, actually, just within the last few minutes, there's uh, an update that uh, McCann's going to have knee surgery and is going to be out for at least four weeks. So uh, I think Max Stacy's a must-add. Uh, I agree with that, Al. And and I, uh, Tim Fedorovich just seems to just get a lifeline every season. He's always popping up on something. He, he is always yeah popping back up on the Astros' twenty-five uh, man roster <laughs> because uh, he's getting the call with McCann on the DL. He'll back up Stacy. Uh, and yeah, just it, it does seem like he's been around for for quite a while. Uh, let's uh, move on to the. Uh, trade rumoring because as i was just saying uh, matt right before you came on it just seems like as soon as it, it turned to july 1st that uh you know guys like john Heyman and uh ken rosenthal are are in overdrive all of a sudden uh giving us a lot of news a lot of uh trade uh, possibilities here and we have a couple from john Heyman uh, of fan cred sports uh nationals have talked to the reds about matt harvey and rysel iglesias uh nationals are seeking another starter and this is really interesting to me, Matt. Um, multiple teams are viewing Rysel Glacius as his possible starter. So I kind of you know, honestly sort of put, forgotten that when he first came to the Reds, that that was an open question, whether he was going to start or relieve. Yeah, I, I mean, if they want to view him as a starter, I would possibly view him that in 2019. I wouldn't be making uh, wholesale changes right now. If you're going to acquire him and say you even have a closer that, you know, is uh, a high-end or a suitable closer, you could put him in that Andrew Miller role uh, like the Indians did, something like that. But I can't see putting him into a rotation in 2018. I think you're, you know, you're messing with a good thing. Yeah, that was my my, uh, reaction to that, too. And maybe that's what those teams have in mind. Uh, he actually did start a handful of games in 2016. I honestly didn't remember that, but he was almost exclusively a starter in his rookie season 
uh, made 18 appearances, 16 of those were starts. For the Reds, he was pretty good. I mean, he had a 4.15 ERA, but um, the peripherals were, were much better than that. I think it's reflected in the fact that he had a, uh, a 3.28 XFIP uh, with the Reds. So certainly potential there as a starter, but yeah, I agree with you, Matt. I think that's probably more of a, a keeper league consideration than anything you have to worry about this year. Uh, although, uh, as I think I mentioned on probably yesterday's show or maybe late last week, now's the time to go and, and get uh, Jared Hughes. Uh, do, would you agree with that, that uh, he's a good pickup now if he can get him? Yes, Al, I do agree with that. I think that's the uh, smart move, getting ahead of things uh, before a trade happens. And, you know, I think Cincinnati is very anxious to make some moves here. So, yeah, I mean, we know Hughes has been the guy when it hasn't been Iglesias. So that sounds all wise yeah, to me. Pretty solid. Uh, you know, more maybe sort of the Mark Melanson type, not a ton of strikeouts, mm-hmm. but uh, soft contact and, and ground balls. Uh, so it could be effective in that way. And also from John Heyman here, uh, there's uh, apparently some growing interest on the free agent market for Mike Moustakis. Uh, John Heyman surmises that maybe Philadelphia would be a good fit because they're trying to deal Michael Franco. So uh, is, do you think that's a, I, I don't know, I, I think it's probably a, a, a silly question, but I'll ask it. Is that an upgrade for the Phillies? Uh, uh, I think so. I think Moustakis is a, is a better fielder. Uh, he got a raw deal this offseason. Uh, he, should be, he should be right now playing at City Field. I still believe that. But I, 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 would, make, I would make that move if I'm Philadelphia, especially you taking him out yeah. of Kauffman Stadium and putting him in Citizens Bank Park. I think that's another upgrade. Oh, ab- absolutely. And, um, I mean, I think the only reason I even asked that question, because to me it seems pretty obvious that's an upgrade, is you know, offensively Moustakis has – been slumping for for much of the season but um you know to, to to speak again to the the park factor issue um i'm just looking up this year he's actually yeah it's not the splits aren't outrageous and he's actually got a much higher batting average at home but he's got seven of his 16 uh home runs at home and um I'm going to look this up. I think over his career, Moustakis has had a lot more. In fact, yeah, 78 home runs on the road, 57 at Kaufman. So that would be a huge venue upgrade. Uh, especially the bank come, uh, you know, the these hot days of July and the sweltering heat of August. Yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> so be good timing and a good park for uh, for Mike Moustakis. According to MLB.com, uh, Rodas Vizcaino, uh, actually, I need to update this. I think he's already been activated. because they should be activated today. I think uh, Vizcaino already has been activated. Uh, so I am just going to assume that that's the end of the save sharing for A.J. Minter and, and Dan Winkler. And uh, job, go back to Vizcaino. I guess the, the question here is, do you think he keeps it? Uh, I think, think if he's healthy, he's shown that he can keep it. Uh, it's kind of a catch-22 for me because I have Vizcaino in a couple of leagues, and I picked up uh, A.J. Minter in multiple leagues because I was assuming he'd be out longer. And I'm kind of hoping that Minter at least kind of shares in the duty for a while. And I mean, I don't know. I mean, I thought it was more serious, but I guess Vizcaino, he's back you know, after 10 days or so. Yeah, well, I feel like I preface just about every piece of injury news here saying, you know, well, let's be skeptical of this this timetable. And once, once in a while, they actually do come back when they're supposed to come back. So uh, if you're a Vizcaino, Vizcaino owner, that's that's good news. Yeah, uh, no, that Tanaka, is. Yeah, well, it's, I've actually got some good news here for us here at Tanaka. Uh, going to make a rehab start tomorrow for uh, Scranton Wilkes Bar. He's looking to throw about 70 pitches and hoping to be back uh, to start against the Orioles next week, uh, early next week. So that's good. Uh, the question now has been answered, I think, in terms of who gets sent down because already the Yankees uh, sent uh, Jonathan Loy Seagat to uh, Scranton Wilkes Bar. They've also activated uh, A.J. Cole. But uh, Aaron Boone did say that Loy Seagat could come back to pitch one of the uh, games in the Monday doubleheader against the Orioles next week. But it sounds like that probably is one and done. That's why I kind of hedged on it, because I suppose they could keep him around and maybe uh, Domingo Herman has something to prove in his uh, his start. Yeah, I think the on. Yankees were going to see them start to get really aggressive. And if they could make a move in the next, you know, say two weeks prior to the deadline, I, I think you're going to see something happen. They do need another pitcher to 
to to make this run as good as his team is. Yeah, and I know um, that uh, John Heyman's been tweeting about uh, the Yankees having interest in Jay Happ. Uh, I'm sure that probably their their shopping doesn't just uh, stop there. But yeah, and I agree. I think that uh, you'll see them, the Yankees, make a move for some pitching pretty soon. Uh, AJ Pollock was activated last night and went 0 for 4 against the Cardinals. Jorge Polanco was reinstated from his PED suspension. He went 0 for 4 against the Brewers. Byron Buxton was activated and then promptly sent to AAA. Uh, what are your plans, hopes, and dreams for Byron Buxton for the second half of the season? Oof, I got plenty of hopes and dreams. Uh, I don't know what the Twins' plans are. I'm hoping they give him this week to straighten, you know, hopefully get on a little bit of a roll in AAA. I think he has to come up after the break. I think they got to put him in there. I mean, on defense alone, it helps their pitchers. It helps the team overall. I know the offense has been woeful, but he has shown the talent prior. So what I'm going to hope is he gets there. I'm super excited about uh, A.J. Pollock coming back. I almost missed that. Yeah, well, uh, easy to miss because he didn't really – do much last night, but certainly, yeah, it's a, that's a big deal if you're a Pollock owner to get him back into your lineup. So uh, good news there. Uh, we've got a few more. Uh, probably save some of these for uh, next segment because I know we're coming up on that really quick here. But just we'll mention that uh, Matt Adams is uh, possibly going to be activated tomorrow. That's yeah. Wednesday. And also Ryan Zimmerman uh, close to going on a rehab assignment. So... I think probably that's it for Wilmer Defoe, uh, but I, I do wonder what's going to happen with Daniel Murphy. Maybe we can chew on that over the break. We'll talk about that a little bit uh, when we come back. Also going to look at tonight's slate of starting pitchers, so stick around. Matt and I are going to be right back. Did you know that you can listen to this show live on the award-winning Fantasy Sports Radio Network? Listen on the iHeartRadio app, the TuneIn Radio app, or download the Fantasy Sports Radio Network app. The Fantasy Sports Radio Network is the only totally free, 24-7, 365 Fantasy Sports Network of its kind without a subscription. Check out YouTube Live on the Fantasy Sports Network YouTube page and participate in the program in there, where you can ask questions, discuss the topics with other fantasy enthusiasts, or tell everyone that you disagree. Call into your favorite show and ask your question. The number is 844-84-FNTSY. That's 844-843-6879. The Fantasy Sports Radio Network, your free fantasy source, 24 hours a day. and that is how that works. So you're here for Modica, uh, Tuesdays with Modica. Uh, you're here for uh, some more news and notes, a look at tonight's slate a little bit later on. We're going to take a look back at some of the more interesting and notable performances from Monday's slate. Uh, but first, I do have a very important question. Who wants to go to a 2018 World Series game? Well, tune in to the Fantasy Sports Radio Network between July 8th and July 17th as we'll be playing the DKMS Trivia Challenge for your shot to call in with a chance to attend the Fall Classic in person. The number to play is 844-843-6879. One more time, 844-843-FNTSY. Contest is sponsored by DKMS. We're looking for your help in the fight against blood cancer. For many patients, a bone marrow transplant is the best chance for survival. And while 30% of patients can find a matching donor in their own families, 70% or nearly 14,000 people each year must rely on a benevolent stranger to step up and donate. So find out how you can help the cause and go to dailyroto.com slash DKMS. That's dailyroto.com slash DKMS. And it's the DKMS Trivia Challenge from July 8th through July 17th. Call in and win. Uh, so, I'll admit, I spent none of our break thinking about uh, Daniel Murphy. Uh, did you? Uh, no, I, Murphy? no, I did not, but he did homer last I'll night. I'll take right? that as a no. Okay. Uh, <laughs> guessing Matt uh, will be back with us in a moment here. Uh, but, uh, the, the point just that, that I wanted to raise here is that, um, it's, uh, it's a bit of a roster crunch there. I mean, you basically have, I don't know if, if Murphy, if Murphy did play second base 
last night, if uh, my memory is serving me correctly. And uh, but you know you, you've got a glut of, of uh, first base options, so I don't know. I, I I would think that maybe Murphy would need some at least some time off, maybe. But uh, maybe it's sort of a moot point just because he hasn't really been doing much offensively anyway. I'm here, Al. Uh, yeah, with uh, Murphy, we were kind of talking with Adam Ronish last night about him, and kind of maybe it's a lost season. And then he goes in homers last night. <laughs> Right, yeah, and I think that was his first homer uh, of the season. I know he's batting just a little bit above 200, uh, and uh, I do want to check. Uh, he did not play second base last night. Maybe it's uh, for tonight uh, that Murphy's in the lineup at second. I'm going to check that real quick. Uh, but, you know, in any event, and I'm not not finding. Oh, wait a second. I, I think it's it just- is. Uh, he is playing second tonight. Yeah, it's just going to be a tough situation for them, especially on the defensive side with Murphy at second. And I know uh, Ryan Zimmerman is slowly but surely possibly making it back. That's just going to be some tough defense. <laughs> yeah, uh, well put. Very well put. So maybe the, the lesson in all of this is beware your national starters uh, more than anything else. Uh, one guy that is not going to be starting for you at all this year is Danny Salazar. He underwent arthroscopic right shoulder surgery, and uh, he is not going to throw for 12 to 16 weeks and will definitely miss the remainder of the season. Uh, Lyon Chisenhall is going to the DL with a moderate calf strain, according to The Athletic. And um, if, if you saw or anybody listening you know, saw on my uh, Twitter feed this morning, I uh, sent out a... Uh, a spray chart for Tyler Naquin. And that probably looks sort of random. <laughs> why Why am I tweeting out uh, spray charts for Tyler Naquin? Well, you know, I was doing a little research for the show because I thought, well, maybe the upshot here is that you go out and pick up Naquin or Rajay Davis. Davis, obviously, uh, with a little bit more playing time, he's already giving you steals without that much playing time. But Tyler Naquin's just having a, a, sort of a weird season. He's hitting for average, and he's just become this – frankly, ridiculously extreme pole or uh, opposite field hitter. And I, I mean, I say that it's not a bad thing necessarily. It's just, it's just weird. No, I mean, it is. And it, they need another outfielder, this team. Unfortunately, Bradley Zimmer wasn't getting it done and stuff. And this is too good of a team to be in this situation, in, in, in my opinion. All right. Well, but that does not sound like a great vote of confidence. And I realize, you know, we could split the hairs between fantasy and reality here. But in terms of fantasy, that doesn't sound like a big vote of confidence for either Rajay Davis or Tyler. I mean, Rajay Davis is a guy I I would rather have because he's going to steal. As long as he plays, he's going to steal bases. And I know Naquin's had a couple of spots here. Like last year, he had a little run where he did some really nice things. But I don't have the faith. And, you know, Roger Davis is an old man. He'll steal bases, but this is too good of a team not to have an upgrade coming up. All right. Well, I'm not sure that's going to come from. But, again, you know, we're embarking upon the, the trade deadline here, so wouldn't be shocking to see the Indians do that. But maybe, you know, for a week or two, pick up Davis for the steals or Naquin for definitely some batting average. Uh, as you mentioned a couple of years ago, some nice power from Naquin too. But I think he's, he's going to have to pull the ball a little bit to – to resurrect that those numbers uh, on the air yesterday, we had the uh, Tigers and Blue Jays winding up their game. So I got to track more or less in real time what was going on with Joe Jimenez. And he walked three batters, blew the save, did get the win, <laughs> which was, uh, you know, I'll, I'll take it because uh, actually I, I had uh, in Tout Wars him both. No, I take that back. I didn't have Blaine Hardy started. I had Blaine Hardy started a different league and I got his save, which was nice. But I also got uh, Jimenez's win in a few leagues. But he walked three batters in that game. He walked a total of three batters over his previous 22 and two-thirds innings combined. Um, I also mentioned that his velocity was down the previous appearance, so that rebounded. That's, that's encouraging. But the three walks, the fact that he threw 50 pitches outside the strike zone and got only two swings out of those 15 pitches, is that something that worries you, or is this just such a departure from the norm for Jimenez that you're not worried about it. Uh, I, I think it's just a bad outing and all that. I'm not going to really rack it up. If you were able to get him uh, this weekend, I put in for him, but I put him as a conditional. Uh, mm-hmm. So unfortunately for that, it's one shot. He's the guy there right now. He's going to have to fail multiple times. I think that's 
that's great advice. It's uh, I'm a little worried because he's had a couple of shaky games even before this one, but the, the velocity's back. That makes me feel a little better about it. And the walks are just a weird thing. So I'm, I'm with you on that. He's got to, uh, you know, do this one or two more times for us to really panic. Uh, well, let's uh, look ahead to – actually, I was going to say look ahead to tonight, but we do have one game right now that is in progress. And unfortunately, Matt, I somehow lost my window where I had the uh, the game center on it, so uh, it's going to take me uh, a second here. But uh, the the Tigers are up uh, three nothing on the Cubs right now, and uh, so that would suggest. I'm sorry, yeah, no, go go ahead. No, I'm just saying I was hoping a Nick Castellanos home run happened, but that's not the case. That's <laughs> not too late. Not too late. Uh, yeah, Tigers scored a couple in the first. One in the fourth. Uh, right now, we're still in the top of the fourth. Um, so, yeah, no home runs by either team. But Fulmer with a good start so far. Three uh, scoreless innings, just one hit allowed. Uh, whereas Hendricks struggling again. And uh, so what do you think about these two pitchers just in general? Yeah, I mean, in general, Kyle Hendricks going into last season, I thought was one of the safer uh, SP2s in fantasy. Then he was throwing 86 miles an hour, and I was, like, terrified. He did have a very good second half. Uh, that's what I think you're pretty much hoping happens this season. Fulmer's a guy, for me, that has some upside, but I always looked at him in a fantasy realm as, like, a number four starting pitcher with some upside. Uh, I'm, I don't want him as my top three guy. I know he's got a couple of good pitches here, but one, he's on a terrible team, and, you know, he's coming off the injury, which he's, you know, he's bounced back from that nicely, but I don't think he's this pitcher that some other people do. Yeah, well, and, uh, you know, I certainly agree with all that about Michael Fulmer. Kyle Hendricks has really frustrated me this season, and particularly of late. Uh, I benched him this week. Uh, I've actually benched him quite a bit the last several weeks. And the one thing we can say is in this game, he's given up six hits, but none of them have been home runs. And that's really been the, the, the problem for, for Kyle Hendricks. Um, you know, as you mentioned, I mean, when you're, you're throwing mid-60s, you have very little uh, uh, margin for error there. So, it's very narrow. Uh, it's a very narrow road. Yeah, he's, uh, he's not uh, on the right side of that margin uh, lately. Uh, so yeah, let's take a look at some of the, the matchups tonight. I, I just think a lot of these are interesting. And, and frankly, for me, would be pretty tough to pick one. So I'm, I'm going to put us both, Matt, in a very artificial situation here that would you know exist pretty much in any league. But um, we're going to have to choose one of these pitcher, picture, pitchers. So we'll have a, like a fictional daily lineup league set up here and we have one opening and we can only use one of these pitchers so let's go with uh yankees braves newcomb and herman you can only start one and it's just based on this game tonight which one uh i gotta go with newcomb i think herman's got some really good stuff i don't think he's harnessed everything yet uh he's the more raw pitcher newcomb has shown he's made some steps some progress this season i'm a big newcomb guy i'm gonna go with him even though it's at Yankee Stadium. Well, yeah, well, that's that's really sort of what makes it interesting because I think in the proverbial vacuum, it's easily it's an easy call mm-hmm. for Newcomb, but he does have a tough matchup and a tough venue. But you know, Braves are a tough matchup too, and I trust Newcomb's consistency a lot more. So I think that's a pretty easy one. Uh, so let's. Uh, well, we're not going across town. We're actually going across the border for the Mets because uh, they're in Toronto. So we got uh, Zach Wheeler and Marco Estrada. Estrada pitching well lately, uh, but which one would you take for tonight? Um, oof, that's a tough one. As you say, Estrada has pitched well lately. I'll go with the upside of some strikeouts for Wheeler, but that's really much, pretty much a coin flip. <laughs> yeah, yeah, this is, this is a tough one. Uh, well, I'll, I'll even this out, and I'll, I'll take Estrada just because he has been going well. Uh, and with Wheeler, yeah, I absolutely agree. There's there's more strikeout potential there. I just don't trust the consistency yet with Wheeler. So uh, I think Estrada's been a bit more consistent, uh, and uh, I think I'll, I'll write it out with him. And uh, next one, this is a good one too, really tough one. Uh, Shane Bieber and Danny Duffy. I've been really excited about what Duffy has done over the last four starts or so with the strikeouts and the swings and misses coming back. Uh, but Bieber's been steady since getting called up. Uh, yeah, but Duffy's just been a 
very, very uh, frustrating. T- tough to figure out. One, one slot, he looks really good. And then the next, it's kind of a disaster. Give me Bieber. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go full Bieber here, no questions asked. <laughs> well, I know, my, I know my answer to this one because I actually had this dilemma in a weekly uh, lineup league, and I, and I could only start one. And I did go with Bieber. Uh, pretty much just, you know, I think Duffy could wind up with more strikeouts. Yes. I think it's very likely. But uh, Bieber, frankly, just has the much better matchup. So, yeah, I think and what, it, and it, I think what yeah, I, I was going to say, in a close call, uh, I, I'll take that, that tiebreaker. I think I just fear that the Duffy could implode. You know, I'm thinking Bieber, I, I don't know, for a young kid, I, I feel more secure. Uh, all right. Well, we're mostly in agreement so far. We got uh, out in Oakland, the Padres and the A's tonight. Um, Clayton Richard, who, again, has been very consistent. He's just been a quality start machine. Uh, and Chris Bassett, who, frankly, I, I don't trust that much. But, uh, you know, just about any pitcher going against the Padres, <laughs> they suddenly become an attractive fantasy option. So uh, which way do you go here? I, I'm going to go with Clayton Richard. I... He's done some nice things. I know he is who he is, but I don't trust Bassett. I, I, I know he's got an ICRA right now. You look at the other stuff. It's not really convincing me. So, Clayton Richard. I'll go Richard, too, but i got to say I'm very conflicted about this one because uh, I just I don't trust the Padres uh, to support Richard. I mean, I think he'll probably come up with his usual, you know, like seven innings, three runs with, like, four strikeouts. But, you know, the, a- the A's are a bit of a dangerous offense. Uh, so there's a little bit of, of a threat there for Richard. Uh, but then, you know, likewise, the same as you. I, I love the-, the matchup for Bassett, but I just I really have no idea what we're going to get from him. So I'll just go, go with Richard more just because he's the, the more known quantity. Uh, so, all right, we got uh, next up here, Jack Flaherty and Zach Greinke, the Jack and Zach show at Chase Field. Um, if this were in St. Louis, I mean, that's a good park too, but if this were somewhere other than Chase Field, I, I'd probably go Flaherty here. Granky's road splits are not good at all, but he is at home. So, uh, so how do you like him versus Flaherty? I'm going to take the veteran in this matchup. you got to like everything Flaherty's flashed this season and done. He's the guy that, you know, we thought Luke Weaver would be this year. It's been Flaherty, but give me Granky. Uh, again, I think just simply because he's at home and because Flaherty has been a bit inconsistent, uh, I will go with Granky as well. So this this whole exercise is turning out to be not very exciting <laughs> because we're agreeing on almost everybody. Uh, and this one, I, I'm uh, well, I'm not even sure which way I'm going to go on this one. I'm going to have to make a, a last minute decision here, but I'll, I'll buy myself some time by letting you answer first. Andrew Heaney and Wade LeBlanc. I'm the only one in the world who seems to believe in Wade LeBlanc. <laughs> but well, uh, give me a give you a chance to make your pick here. Yeah, well, I think we'll go different ways on this one. I'm going to go with Heaney and just hope that Nelson Cruz at home, you know, doesn't do the damage. Uh, against him, but give me Heaney. Well, yeah, I mean, I, I think I am going to join you on this one, too. But uh, I, oh, I do think LeBlanc time out, time is... Out, time out. I thought you were the way LeBlanc believe <laughs> I am. I am, I know, I'm but... Just teasing, I'm just teasing. I'm also an Andrew Heaney believer, and I thought maybe this would be interesting just because Heaney's had a weird season where he's had three or four starts that have been just utterly miserable... And almost every other start has been spectacular. There's almost no middle ground for Andrew Heaney. So I, I do have a little bit of worry about, well, is, you know, this is a good opponent. Uh, I think he's got a good opposing pitcher to try to, you know, battle for, uh, for a win against. So I do think this one's really tough. I'm guessing you didn't have a, a tough time making the decision. But ultimately, yeah, I mean, I, I, you know, I, in terms of a fantasy pick, I think Heaney's probably likely to go deeper. LeBlanc's been getting pulled after, you know, five or five-plus quite a bit. Uh, so, yeah, I just like Heaney better. That's fair. So there you have it. There you have it. So uh, I wouldn't mind being wrong on that one, though, because then I get to be right about all the other times that I've said, you should trust Wade LeBlanc. <laughs> Playing the hedge. There you go. There you go. So, uh, well, that uh, pretty much carries us through uh, for this segment. We got ahead to break in a bit here. But when we come back, I will take a look at the lineups that are out. We'll take a look at the weather, which is, you know, stinky hot most places. But we'll look at it anyway. And also uh, break down Matt Kemp and 
Corey Kluber and a whole bunch of other players. So stick around. We'll be right back. to have a fantasy expert in the palm of your hand or better yet in the pocket of your khakis well check it out now you can it's the fantasy sports radio network app download it now to your phone we promise no weird viruses no strange tracking things just 24 hours a day seven days a week of pure fantasy knowledge dropping all over your head it's the fantasy sports radio network app stop being a weirdo and streaming it online get it on your phone take it with you everywhere you go Welcome back, everybody. This is the Fantasy Baseball Hour. I'm your host, Al Melkier. Thank you for joining me on this fine Tuesday with Matt Modica, who will uh, be joining us, uh, rejoining us in uh, just a minute or two. We've got a bunch of lineups to look into. Uh, before we get to all that, though, uh, just a quick note here from mybookie.ag. If you enjoy playing daily fantasy sports, but you're sick of dealing with professionals using algorithms to select hundreds of lineups and entries, try the Props Builder tool at mybookie.ag. Forget having to create multiple lineups, ditch the hassle of dealing with late scratches, and avoid experts winning 90% of the money. Invest in the players that you want but without salary caps, and if you sign up for a new account using the promo code FNTSY, you can elect an option to receive a 50% deposit bonus with a rollover requirement. No more dealing with late lineup scratches. No experts to compete against. It's just you and the prop that you choose. Go to mybookie.ag, enter the promo code FNTSY upon signing, and choose your matchups using the Props Builder tool. That's mybookie.ag, promo code FNTSY. And let's see if uh, Matt Modica is back from the Copacabana. I am back. Did you hear the story that they're uh, blasting Barry Manilow in like Rite Aid somewhere to get loiters out of the? <laughs> <from> <laughs> I found that quite it's, quite humorous. Is yeah, I, I don't think that's going to backfire. <laughs> uh, I think that would work probably pretty well. Yes, I think it has <laughs> has a success rate. Yeah, <laughs> uh, I'm sure there's there's science to tell us more about that. But that's uh, no, I had not seen that. So uh, thank you for you know, educating me uh, on the the ways of Rite Aid. Um, <laughs> uh, we got a, quite a few uh, interesting uh, lineup changes here, or at least different lineups. Uh, Matt, uh, we got uh, Twins Brewers uh, that actually starts like 20 minutes or so. Uh, Jake Odorizzi and Junior Guerra. And uh, for the Twins, first of all, we got Williams Astadio moving around the diamond. He's starting at second base uh, this afternoon against the Brewers. Uh, so that's that's pretty cool. He's played third. He's played uh, center and, I think, left. Uh, so uh, he's, he's a sensation and uh, hitting well so far. Uh, that means, of course, no Brian Dozier with Astadio uh, playing second. And I already talked about the, uh, the Brewers lineup. So, of course, no uh, Christian Yelich there. Uh, we got Red Sox Nationals uh, for those about to rock. We've got uh, Brian Johnson starting for the Red Sox. And we've got uh, Tanner Roark for the Nationals. And uh, as I mentioned earlier, Daniel Murphy getting to start at second there. Uh, let's see. So it's Mark Reynolds at first base against uh, Brian Johnson. And with the lefty in there for the Red Sox, no Adam Eaton. You got Michael Taylor batting seventh and playing center field. For the Nationals, we've got uh, Braves-Yankees, uh, we mentioned before, Newcomb versus Herman. Uh, with the lefty Newcomb going, we've got Neil Walker at second, batting ninth, Brandon Drury at first, batting seventh, no Greg Bird, and no Glaber the Great. Uh, it's, a, it's a great Modicaism there. Yeah, Glaber the Great, uh, nothing- we love him. <laughs> yeah, we do. Uh, don't love it that he's out of the lineup, though. No, Maybe but, I'll... you know, I, I guess in this modern era of baseball, young 20-something-year-olds need days off all the time. I don't care. It is hot there. It is hot. I will, <laughs> not, I will not dispute that at all, Al. It is very hot. 
as I as I say from the the cool uh, sixty degrees here in Montana, but we're we're Very getting jealous. ours tomorrow. So yeah. <laughs> uh, so we got uh, Orioles, Phillies, Cobb versus Eflin, but nothing really noteworthy in those lineups. Mets, uh, Blue Jays, Wheeler versus Estrada. Uh, that's the one matchup we actually disagreed on. Uh, Dominic Smith uh, in the lineup for the Mets at first base, batting seventh. Lourdes Gurriel at short for the Blue Jays, batting eighth. That's about all there really is to mention there. Uh, White Sox, Reds, Giolito, and Desclafani. Uh, and you got pretty much your standard uh, White Sox lineup, but Reds, no Tucker Barnhart, Kirk Casale catching and batting seventh. And uh, last ones here, Rays and Marlins, Yarbrough and Richards. Uh, but actually really nothing much noteworthy uh, in either of these lineups either. So uh, weather, don't worry about it. Uh, no major <laughs> chance of precipitation anywhere. Uh, well, actually, there's a little bit of a rain chance uh, there in the northeast, but it uh, doesn't look like it's going to be anything that's going to ruin anybody's start or uh, uh, cancel a game or anything. So we can uh, move backwards then to uh, last night's uh, last night's uh, slate. And uh, real competitive game there between the Dodgers and the Pirates. <laughs> uh, I think Matt left us for just a moment here, but uh, no, I'm not here. Alex. That was that was crazy. I mean, I had Kingham in uh, one or two leagues from maybe two weeks ago. I thought he'd be back sooner, and I was kind of excited. I did attempt to acquire some more Nick Kingham, and unfortunately, I've, maybe for this week, it was fortunate. I didn't get him, but that just that escalated quickly. It really did, and and um, yeah, I did. I guess unfortunately uh, succeed in getting Kingham in one of my points leagues, the twelve team uh, head-to-head points league. So he dropped a big negative eleven on me last night. <laughs> it was it was ugly. Uh, three innings, seven runs, uh, five only five earned, uh, eight hits. Three walks, two strikeouts. Uh, three of the sub, or three of the eight hits were home runs. So Dodgers ran it up. Uh, but one of the oddities of that game was Caleb Ferguson getting a save despite pitching with a 16-run league lead uh, because he pitched the last three innings. So that was fun. Yeah, that's a little. I don't understand why that rule is still in effect. <laughs> <laughs> I don't either. But at least you get to, to talk about it here because yeah, it's, no. it's weird. Uh, <laughs> but Matt Cap, I mean, we could, you know, probably, you know, spend the, the remaining 12 minutes of the show talking about all the hitters that ran it up on, on Kingham and on the Pirates bullpen. But Matt Kemp uh, will represent all of them. We'll talk about him uh, five for five with his 15th homer, his 18th double. Uh, and I, no- I hadn't really noticed this before. I knew that Kemp had a lot of year to year inconsistency. But going back to 2012, he is on a very distinct good year, bad year pattern. Uh, so he's he's the new Aubrey Huff, I guess. Uh, what he's done this year is just, I mean, it's just phenomenal. I believe he's got, what, like four or five less homers than he hit all of last year. Uh, he's almost pretty much, he's almost, even the runs in RBIs, he's almost caught up to everything he did last season. And, you know, he, he's a guy that he did lose, like, 40 pounds, right, over the offseason. You see, you can literally see the difference in his physique. Well, I, I certainly I buy the power from Kemp. But I wonder, and again, this all depends on perception, so this might not work so great, but I, I wonder if it's really the perfect time to sell Matt Kemp because while I buy the power, I don't it, by any means buy the 323 average or, or anything even close to that. He used to be a great guy on balls and play. He's got a 371 Babbitt right now, but he's not the same, same hitter he used to be. Uh, he doesn't get as many infield hits. He can't you know, utilize his speed the same way. He's a little more pull-heavy. So uh, I think he's due for some regression, but would, would you think that's a smart thing to do to try to sell him? Uh, I would be listening without a doubt. I mean, I wouldn't want to give him away in the, in the hopes that like, I'm just going to get ahead of it. But, yes, I, I think that's a wise move. Uh, you always listen, and maybe somebody's buying him. Maybe somebody is a full believer in the Matt Kemp renaissance. It's, it's been a wonderful story for the first half. If I can get, you know, something that I need, say another position, some sort of pitcher or reliever type, you know, then I could possibly do it if I have the uh, outfielders. All right. Yeah. No, yeah. If you got if you deal from surplus, he would to me would be the obvious guy to to dangle out there first. Uh, Francisco Lindor, I don't think anybody should you know trade him. 
<laughs> without, I don't know, getting something amazing back. Uh, got two more homers, 22 and 23 against uh, the Royals. And I figured he'd kind of maintain the power he had last year, but get that batting average back up. And, of course, he's just, you know, become an even better hitter this year. It's weird to think two years ago this was the guy that was just kind of a so-so power hitter. Well, when he first came up, uh, he was the guy that the fantasy community said, nah, he's just a, he's, he's a glove only. You really don't need to, be, you know. I was why, one of those. <laughs> but, no, everybody said it. And that's why, you know, if these kids got any kind of pedigree and stuff, I want to at least be in if it's, if it's not too crazy of a course, just to see what they can do and then go from there. Yeah, well, I've learned that the hard way, but I think that's, uh, you know, the, the right lesson to take away from here. And a couple other hitters uh, to talk about. Uh, we certainly put them in different categories in terms of ADP and, and value uh, based on position, if nothing else. But uh, JT Real Muto with a two-hit game against the Rays, including his 11th homer of the season. So he's having just a, a magnificent power uh, breakout this year that I don't hear anybody talking about. Maybe I'm just not listening to the right people. But Gorkis Hernandez also with his 11th home run. It was at Coors Field, but he's been hitting well everywhere, including his own park, which is not easy. Uh, over his last 13 games, a 313 average, 353 on base, 646 slug. Um, so the question I put to Twitter this morning uh, is, both of these hitters now with 11 home runs, Real Mutu and Hernandez, which one finishes with more at the end of the season? Uh, give me Real Muto. Everybody says that. <laughs> and I, I, think I you expect that. To. I mean, you just... Hey, look, if you got Gorky's, it's it's been a it's been one of those finds that helps you win a league. He's been that good of a player, and I'm shocked as hell. I am too. I am too. I wrote about him a couple weeks back, so I really dug in on the numbers with him, and he's really supported everything he's done, both the power and the batting average. He's been a, a, a high BABIP guy for a, a whole calendar year now. Uh, but that, you know, I, I ran the poll pretty much just to see how much support Gorkis would get because I knew Real Muto would win and probably mm-hmm. buy a lot. Real Muto got 73%. Hernandez got 20%. And I did leave the option. I'm calling it a tie and 7%. So that, that's a win for Gorkis. People think that he could finish with as many homers as, as Real Muto. So I mean, I, I agree on that, Al. And just real quick, I'm just curious to see what team is going to make a move for Real Muto. And hopefully the Marlins don't screw this up and get the right value. Yeah, I, I hope they uh, can you know, follow the blueprint they used with the Yelich deal, which I thought was a really good trade for them for, for a rebuilding team. Mm-hmm. So I hope they you know, get, uh, frankly, even better value. They should get, get better value, I think, for Real Muto than, than for Yelich. Uh, let's take a look at some of the pitchers, uh, Matt, here. With the, uh, and actually, I'm going to do a little different than usual, where I usually save the, 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 down, uh, the downward-facing performances for, for last uh, Going to start with those because a couple of them are, are big names. Corey Kluber, not a terrible start. I mean, it's a quality start. Three runs and in six innings, uh, but we expect more from Kluber, especially against the Royals. And uh, now over his last five starts, he's got a 5.95 ERA and has given five homers and 19 and two thirds. Um, are you worried? Uh, I mean, there were some indications in the numbers that he was overpitching his skis. I think this is, you know, this is something you've got the break coming up. Let him get one more start in. And if I get a chance, if somebody's nervous and I can get Kluber, I'm going to ride him for the second half run. Yeah, no, I will too. And, uh, you know, it seems like he goes through one stretch like this every year. So I'm, I'm telling myself that to, to assuage my fears. But it does seem like he does go through this every year. Yeah, and pretty much everybody's going to have a couple of bad starts. I mean, unless like prime Kershaw, where it was just, you know, you're going to pitch to a sub two. You're right, exactly. So, well, Robbie Ray, he uh, came off the DL last week uh, and uh, just aced the Marlins, six scoreless innings. But I said, you know, after that start, not that I'm, you know, not a Robbie Ray believer, but I, I certainly want to see him against a better team. We saw him against the Cardinals last night, and it, it wasn't good. Six runs uh, on nine hits and a walk over five innings. He did get the seven Ks. That's pretty much a constant for Robbie Ray. But uh, should we play wait and see with him uh, uh, before starting him in every conceivable format? 
Uh, I think, well, at least for me, if you did go out and get Robbie Ray, I think you got to put him in your lineup. The Cardinals jumped him early. I think they got four in the first, if I'm correct, last night. And I think he's a guy you're just going to hope that he's going to work out. He's too high of a draft pick for you to just, at least in my opinion, to just wait and see. I was just really happy about Carlos Martinez's performance because he almost gave it right back. There was an error to start the game, but he could have melted in that first inning and he held strong. Yeah, and he's back, uh, back-to-back good starts for, mm-hmm. for Carmart, so that's really good to see. We already talked about Nick Kingham, but just to uh, kind of put the – Put the bow on on that bad start for him. His first six starts, uh, he had a, a 3.82 ERA, which is not you know fantastic, but the peripheral is very strong. Uh, a strikeout per inning, just seven walks in 35 and a third, and only four home runs. So, uh, can we chalk this up to a blip? I'm going to give him another shot. Look, I mean, I don't like what the Pirates did. I think they should have had this kid in the lineup. I mean, in the rotation and stuff. But yeah, I'll chalk it up to a to a blip right now. I'll give him another shot. All right, and uh, a nice start from uh, Luis Castillo against the White Sox. Uh, one run in six and two-thirds. Is he back, or is it just him taking advantage of an easy matchup? Look, it's the White Sox, so you know I'm hoping he has a big second half. But it's the White Sox. But he was in a strike away on, like, last week going, you know, in that fourth inning. They got him for four runs, but he almost got – it's been like a pitch or two that's kind of really killed him just when you think he's going to make the turn. Let's see. Let's see. He's got a game against the Cubs. I got my fingers crossed. Uh, yeah, that, that for, would do a lot for my confidence if he has a similar <laughs> similar out against the Cubs, to be sure. And uh, on Friday, I had Nick Pollock on the show, and he actually talked up Mike Fires as the two-start option this week. I completely ignored Nick on that one, and I should have known better. Uh, just uh, one run over eight innings uh, against the Blue Jays. And for the Blue Jays, Ryan Barucki with a, a really good start and uh, really nasty changeup. Uh, any thoughts on, on those two fires and Barucki? Uh, Barucki, I didn't know much about. Fires I have on a lot of draft champion teams, and it took me a long time to actually put him in or I had to be decimated with my pitchers. So, look, he has pissed well this year. There have been, you know, occasions, so. Shout-out to Nick for that call, and, you know, he's been better. He's one of these pitchers that we've written off that have pitched better than previous. Uh, yeah, yeah, he's, you know, he's streaky. So, I, you know, I've seen him last, even last year where the overall numbers were pretty bad. He had a stretch like this, so I, that's probably why I ignored Nick's, uh, Nick's pick. Uh, and, again, I probably shouldn't have done that. Um, and, uh, finally, uh, James Shields, I keep bringing him up. He keeps cranking out quality starts. Uh, any reason to believe yet? I mean, I just I think I've just seen so much bad James Shields that I can never see the good in things with him. So, uh, but he's like you said, like you said. Uh, I guess for me, no. Yeah. Well, uh, I uh, I'm trying to remember. I think I did start him in my odd new league for that one. So. Good for me. A uh, little bit of belief in James Shields. Anyways, Matt, thank you so much for joining me today. And also do a little production work, too. So uh, <laughs> uh, big props for you. Thank you, sir. And until uh, next week. Until next week. No show tomorrow, folks. No show on the 4th. See you. Holiday.